Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. You see, you and I cannot be light until we are connected to the source of life. This morning, I want to continue talking to you on this subject that we've been on for the last couple of weeks called the light of the world, the light of the world. And I want you to think about it here for just a moment with me. Think about this. What would Christmas be like without lights? If you thought about that, I mean, Christmas just wouldn't be Christmas, would it? Without lights. Can can you imagine decorating your Christmas tree and not putting any lights on your tree because Christmas is it's a season it's a season of lights some people like the lights of Christmas so much they leave them on their porch all year long right especially in our great state of Alabama we like Christmas and we like to celebrate Christmas 365 days a year. And we should, we should, we should celebrate Christmas 365 days a year. But just think about it. What would Christmas be like without lights, with, without, you know, not being able to drive around and see all of the bright lights that come with Christmas? And of course, it's a season of lights because we are celebrating That moment in our history when Jesus, the light of the world, broke into the darkness to dispel and to eliminate darkness. And think about this. What what do you think our world, physically, our world would be like without light? It'd be really dark, wouldn't it? Has anybody here this morning ever gotten up in the middle of the night and didn't turn the light on? You needed to go to the restroom or go to the kitchen and and get you something to drink and it's dark and you didn't turn the light on and you ended up stubbing a toe. Anybody ever done that before? Or, Or maybe you hit your knee on something because you didn't have any light to guide you, any any light to help you along your path. And and when we can imagine what our world would be like if there were no light. Now let me ask you this, what do you think our world would be like if there were no spiritual light? You see, that's why I talk to you so much about the importance of being light. As a matter of fact, the title of my message today, I'm gonna talk to you about something that I haven't talked to you about before, but the title of my message today is Be Light. Because when you begin to think about what would our world be like void of spiritual light? Well, the Apostle Paul understood it because the Apostle Paul ministered in that kind of world just like you and I do. Yes, we know that Jesus, the light of the world, has come into the world to eliminate the darkness. But there is still darkness in our world. There was darkness in the world that the Apostle Paul was called to minister to. Listen to how he describes it here in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. He said that Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Now now notice that again. He said that Satan, who is the God of this world, 
This world system has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And then he goes on and he says this, they are unable to see. Listen to me, it's not that they don't want to see. They are unable to see. Just as if someone was blind physically. They would love to be able to see, but barring a miracle, a medical miracle or a supernatural miracle, they are not able to see. They want to see, but they are unable to see. And I truly believe that people who are living in spiritual darkness, I think that's what they're spending their life doing. They're just not looking in the right places, but they're trying to find light. And Paul said it like this. He said, they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. What is the good news? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You see, those who have been blinded by Satan, they can't see that. They can't understand that. They can't get that. Why would God love me so much that he would come from heaven to earth to show his love for me, to die for me. Why would he do that? They don't get it. They're spiritually blind. And he said they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. They don't get the Christmas story. They don't understand why. We celebrate light. They don't understand why we want to come together on Sundays or come together on Christmas Eve and celebrate that moment in our history when, when Jesus came into this world to transform that world forever. They, they, they don't get that. And so Paul entered in. That's the kind of world that Paul was having to minister to. And for the most part, that's the kind of world that you and I continue to live in. There are still so many people in our world that are blinded by sin. And so God gave Paul a mission. And the mission that God gave Paul is found in Acts 26, 17 and 18. He said, Paul, I'm sending you to them. And some of you are going to recognize this passage because this is the passage that the Lord gave me when he brought us here to Summerton Church of God. He said, I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Paul, I'm sending you to them to open their eyes. Paul, I'm sending you to them to turn them from darkness to light. Paul, I'm sending you to them to rescue them from Satan and put, you, put them into the hands of God. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you, Paul, to go and preach the gospel to them so that they can have forgiveness of sins and a place in the family of God. So if you were to ask the apostle Paul, Paul, what was your mission while you were here on this earth? He would say that my mission is to see those blinded by sin find life, freedom and purpose in Jesus Christ. And may I tell you, that's not just the mission of the Apostle Paul. That is the mission of every believer in this room here today. 
Every one of us, and I think that should be the mission of every church on the face of the earth. Now, how we do this mission may be different, but I think our mission is all the same, and that is that we are to see those blinded by sin find life, find freedom, and find purpose through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? But how do we do that? How are we going to accomplish that mission as a church? How are we going to fulfill the mission of being light and eliminating the darkness in our community, in the world that God, that part of the world that God has placed us in? Well, the first thing that we're going to have to do this is we're going to have to connect them to the source of life. That, that, that's where it starts. That's where all of our journey begins spiritually is by getting connected to the source of life. How many of you, and hopefully you have by now, hopefully you're not waiting any longer to, to, to get started on your Christmas decorating, but how many of you have pretty much done your Christmas decorating uh, up until this point? Yeah, Jamie and I decided that the day after Thanksgiving that we were gonna get serious about putting up our Christmas decorations. And, and I don't mind telling you, I, I got in the mood, man. I got in the Christmas spirit. I got in the mood. And, 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 and she asked me to go down into the basement and get some of the storage containers that, you know, that our, our decorations and, and lights and all of those things were in. And, and I'm in the Christmas spirit. I'm in the Christmas mood. And I'm just walking around the house. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful child. Man, I'm just having a time. Jesus, Jesus, so lowly, meek and mild. New life, new hope, new joy he brings. Won't you listen to the angels sing? Glory, glory, glory to the newborn king. Come on, sing it with me. Well, Jesus, sing it. Jesus, oh, what a wonderful child. Jesus, Jesus, come on, more, more energy. So lowly, meek and mild. New life, new hope, new joy he brings. Won't you listen to the angels sing? Glory, glory. Glory to the newborn King. Man, you know what? <laughs> you, can't, you can't sing that song, you know, without feeling joy. You can't sing that song without feeling happiness. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's a season of joy. It's a season of hope. And so I'm going around the house, man, and I'm in the Christmas spirit, and I'm singing that song, and I open up the container that has all of our lights in it, and then I pull out something like this. <laughs> and I don't mind telling you, I about lost my joy. <laughs> I about lost my song when I saw this mess of tangled lights. You know, when we think about lights, in order for lights to fulfill their purpose, what do we have to do? We got to plug those lights into a source. 
And then once those lights have been plugged into a source, now those lights can do what they were created to do. Now they can fulfill their purpose when they get connected to the source of life, when they get connected to the source of power. And listen, the only way that you and I could ever fulfill the purpose for which God has created us is when we get plugged into the source of life. And in case you're wondering, Jesus is the source of life. That, that, that's why John said this in John chapter one, verse one. He said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Notice the word is not a thing here, like a book that we read. The word is a person and the word that we're referring to here is Jesus. And he says that he, the word, was with God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. And then it says that through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Did you know that God created everything that is through the word? You go back to Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let there be light. And God said, and God said. That's actually Jesus creating what God the Father tells him to create. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him. Everybody say in him. In him, in him was life. And let me say it this way. In him is life. But in him was life. And look at this. That life was the light of all mankind. You see, you and I cannot be light until we are connected to the source of life because it is the life of God, it is the life of Jesus shining through us that helps us, that causes us to be light. And so he says this, he said, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm telling you folks, there's more power in light than there is in darkness. You walk into a dark room, all you've gotta do is flip a light switch and the power of light overcomes the power of darkness. And God has called you and I to be light. And God has called you and I to help connect those who are living in darkness, connect them to the source of life so that they can be light as well. Will somebody just say, thank you, Lord, for that? Amen. But go back to what Paul said here in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. He said that Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. He said they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Okay, Paul, they're in darkness. They're blinded by sin. What do we do? He said, here's what we did. We don't go around preaching about ourselves. Because Paul understood we are not the source of life. And he says, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are just servants for Jesus' sake. In other words, he said, we're not gonna preach about ourselves because we're not the source. We're gonna preach Jesus because he is the source. And, and then he goes on and he says this, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness, 
He's the one who has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, you and I could not shine without God. You and I cannot shine without Jesus in our hearts, Jesus in our lives. And then he goes on and says, but we now have this light shining in our hearts. But then notice what he said. He said that we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. We're not the power, folks. We're not the source. I'm not trying to get somebody connected to me. I'm not trying to just get somebody connected to you. I'm not trying to get somebody just connected to a church. We've got to get people connected to Jesus. Somebody say amen. It's Jesus that they need and it's Jesus who is the source of power. Now, not only is it important that we get connected to the source of life, it's important that we stay connected to the source of life. That's one of the reasons why every year we begin our year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. That will begin with the first Sunday of 2020. It's a time for us to refocus. It's a time for us to reconnect. Do you know what a believer looks like that is disconnected from Christ? This is what a believer looks like that has been disconnected from Christ. You remember what Jesus said? He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. But how many of you know that in order for this branch to do what it was created to do to fulfill its purpose, that this branch has got to stay connected to the vine. This branch has got to stay connected to the tree trunk. Jesus is the vine. He is the source. And if we ever become disconnected, this is what happens to us. We're not productive. We're not bearing any fruit, right? We're not doing what we were created to do. When we're, matter of fact, Jesus said the only purpose we have is to be cast into or thrown into a fire. You're, you're only good for firewood if you're disconnected from God. But can I tell you something else that happens when you're disconnected from God? You are easily broken. You are easily offended. You are easily hurt. You grab a hold of a limb that's tightly connected to a tree and it's healthy and it's getting life from the vine, you can't hardly break that branch. You might be able to, but you've got to try really, really hard. You can even take a little thin green branch and you'll have to sit there and twist it and turn it and do everything that you possibly can to try to break it. But you see, when we get disconnected from God, when we get disconnected from the source of life, we lose our productivity. We lose our fruitfulness. We're easily hurt. We're easily offended. And I'm telling you something, this morning church this describes a lot of believers in the body of Christ today but the good news is Jesus said that if you get disconnected from the vine he can engraft you back into the vine and once again what was dead can live and you can be productive and you can be healthy and you can be fruitful for the glory of God somebody thank God for that this morning amen so we got, we got to get people connected. We got to get them connected to the source of life. I wonder if there's anybody here this morning who's connected to God. 
I can, I can tell, I can look across this congregation. I can tell who's connected to God. The life that comes from a connection through God. But, but, but not only do we need to connect people to the source of life, if, if we're going to fulfill that mission to see those blinded by sin, find life, purpose, and freedom in Jesus. And we just talked about what we do to find life. But the second thing that we've got to do is then we've got to equip people to succeed in life. This is the next step. This is where freedom comes in. Because I want you to notice something here. These strand of lights are connected to the source, but they still a mess. Somebody said, oh, he just started preaching to me. Just because you are connected to the source of life doesn't mean that there's not still some issues that you've got to work through. Amen? How many of you remember the story in John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus? You know, he was a good friend of Jesus. Jesus even described him as somebody that he loved dearly. And Jesus got news that Lazarus was sick and that he needed to get back to where Lazarus was and pray for him so that Lazarus could be healed and live. Well, Jesus delayed. He took his time. And by the time he got back to where Lazarus was, Lazarus was dead and he had been dead four days. And when Jesus showed up, of course, folks were upset with him because they felt like he had got there late. He didn't get there late. He got there right on time because he had a bigger miracle he wanted to do. And so he looked at the folks and he said to them, roll away the stone from this tomb. And Martha said, oh, but Lord, by now he stinks. He'd been dead four days. Jesus said, roll away the stone. And then here's what he said to him. He said in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet, look at this, wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. He's, he's alive again, but he's still tangled. He's alive again, but he's still got some things binding him. And so listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And here's the problem that a lot of churches and even some believers make. And that is, we get them connected to the source of life and we think our job is done. Oh no, our job just got started. This is where it gets messy. This is where it gets difficult. Trying to help them make sense of the mess trying to help them get untangled. Because Jesus said this, he said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And let's face it, some folks have come to Jesus, but they still got their grave clothes on. And they're still bound. And they're still messed up. And they still have issues. And their lives are still tangled. Listen what the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 12. He said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off. you got to get ruthless with this stuff. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You see, this is, this is why. We have to have things like Celebrate Recovery. Come up here with me if you would, Deborah. 
Come up here real quick. This is why we've got to have things like equip classes. Come up here, Shane. This is why we've got to have things like small groups. Brandon, wherever you are, come on up here with me, Brandon. This, this is why we've got to have things like financial peace, Brooke and Patrick, if you'll come up here with me. This is why we've got to have things like, like, like City of Lights. Jamie, if you'll come up here with me. You, you, let, me let me tell you why we have to have all of these ministries it's because I can't untangle everybody by myself. I can't fix everybody by myself. You can't fix everybody by yourself. But you know what? When we begin to work together, because let's face it, there's folks that's tangled up spiritually. There's folks that are tangled up relationally. There's folks that are tangled up financially. Come on, right, Patrick and Brooke? Financially. There's, there's folks that are tied up, tangled up physically. And so our job, once they've been connected to the source of life, our job, and guys, it's your job to untangle those lights. It's their job to help me. It is a team effort because what happens, teamwork makes the dream work, right? And when we work together, whether it's Celebrate Recovery or City of Lights, or equip classes, or small groups, or things like financial peace. Sooner or later, if you'll give us some time, we're gonna help you get your life straight for the glory of God. Amen? See, this is, this is what the writer of Hebrews said. He said, if we're gonna throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, how are we gonna do it? He said, first of all, remember that you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And he's referring back to Hebrews chapter 11. And he wanted them to know, listen, those heroes of faith that are listed in Hebrews 11, they weren't perfect either. They had issues too. They were tangled up at one time as well. And they made it and they're up there right now looking down on you saying, hey, if I can do it, you you can do it. Amen. If I can make it, you can make it. But not only that, you look at the folks on this stage here. They're not perfect. Look at the person sitting beside you, behind you, in front of you. They're not perfect, but you know what they can tell you? They can tell you, yeah, I have issues. Yeah, my life is tangled up. I'm still in a process, but let me encourage you to let you know I ain't who I used to be. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not as bound as I used to be. Come on. So remember that you're surrounded with people like you. We're all in this journey, on this journey. We're all a part of this struggle. But, 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 then, but then notice what else he says. He said, and let us run with perseverance. You gotta know this, it ain't gonna happen overnight. You ain't gonna get untangled as quick as they untangled these lights. Cause I kinda had them wrapped where it'd be a little bit easier for them to untangle them so it wouldn't take all morning. But it takes time, don't you agree? It takes time to get free. It takes time to become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So you gotta have some perseverance. You gotta have some endurance. I believe the Holy Spirit sent me here this morning to tell somebody, don't quit, don't give up, hang in there. 
Keep stepping in the right direction. And then notice, he said the third thing we've got to do is we've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, the one who helped you get started on this journey, Jesus. It's the same one who's going to help you as you continue on this journey. It's Jesus and the one who's going to perfect you. His name is Jesus. And so you got to just keep your Don't look at people, you'll get discouraged. Don't look at people, you'll get hurt, you'll get offended. You'll want to quit. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. And you'll make it through this process. Paul said it like this in Hebrew or in Ephesians 4. He said, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to help them straighten out the tangled mess of their lives and to become who Jesus created them to become. He said, equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And then he goes down to verse 21 of that same chapter. And he said, since you have heard about Jesus, and have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off. You see, you've got a part in this too. You can't just sit back and expect God to do it all. Expect God to do it all when it comes to your freedom. Expect God to do it all when it comes to healing of your hurts. There's some things you got to do. He said, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit, oh, as He works from the inside out, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage. Get rid of all anger. Get rid of all harsh words. Get rid of slander as well as all types of evil behavior. And instead, be light. Instead, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Yeah, we got to get them connected to the source of life but then we got to equip them to succeed in every area of their lives somebody say i'm in pastor and i'm ready to help you set people free amen because you see now these lights they're connected to the source they're equipped and now they can fulfill their purpose. Life, freedom, and purpose through Jesus Christ. So the last thing we got to do is this. We're going to empower people to share their life. God has a purpose for every single one of us here in this room today. Well, when you think about the word empower, that word empower just simply means to give someone the authority or the power to do something. You remember when Jesus gave his disciples the great commission? Here's what he said to them. He said, all authority, everybody say authority. authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. He said, I'm giving you authority to do this. 
He said, I'm giving you authority to represent me. You see, when Jesus was here on this earth, the Bible said that he was the light of the world. But then in Matthew chapter 5, he looks at us and he says, you are the light of the world. Now let me ask you this, what is greater, one light or many lights? That's why he said that you will do even greater things because there's more of you anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do it. And he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. He gave us authority, but he didn't just give us authority. He also gave us power because in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, Jesus was saying this, I'm giving you the authority to share your life. I'm giving you the power. I'm going to enable you to fulfill your purpose. And so our responsibility becomes that once we have connected people to the source of life and we've got them in the process of being equipped, that we empower them. We tell them, you've got authority to represent God. And you've got the power to represent God. You've got authority to be light and you've got power to be light. I think I'm enjoying this more than anybody here this morning. But he said, you'll be, you'll receive power. And then here's what he said in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. He said that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So he said, use them to serve one another. There's one thing that you cannot say is, I don't have what it takes to fulfill my purpose. Oh, yes, you do. Everything you need to fulfill your purpose is available through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Every resource you need to empower and enable you to fulfill your purpose, it's available, it's available to you. But no, you cannot fulfill your purpose without His authority, without His power. So I say to you this morning, Psalm 100 verse two, go serve. I give you authority. But I ain't giving you authority to just go serve any way you want to serve. Go serve the Lord with gladness, with joy. Aren't you sick and tired? Aren't you sick and tired of going to a church where people serving look miserable? Like I'm only doing this because nobody else will do it. I'm only going to teach this class because nobody else will teach it. I'm only going to work with these kids because nobody else will work with them. I'm tired of miserable, sour faces when the Bible says it's serve the Lord with gladness. And if you can't serve the Lord with gladness, and if you can't serve the Lord with joy, then just don't serve him at all. Because it's not a good representative of who Christ is. Because the Bible said that even for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus even went to the cross with joy in his heart because he knew how it would change and transform the lives of every one of us. Oh, somebody thank God for Jesus and for joy, joy. We ought to be the most joyous people on the face of the earth. And any time we have the opportunity to do something for God, we ought to do it gladly. With joy in our heart and a smile on our face.
So go. Serve with gladness. Go share the good news. I think we have forgotten that the gospel's good news, not bad news. Luke chapter 2. Thank y'all for staying up here and helping me. It's important. Then the angel said, this is on the night that Jesus was born. The angel said, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings. Good tidings of great joy. Good news that brings joy. And then, and then he says this. He says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. That's good news. Who is Christ the Lord. Now they would have known what that name Christ meant, Messiah. And they would have understood the prophecy about the anointed one, the Christ. And even Jesus would stand up in the synagogue in Luke chapter 4 because the word Christ means anointed one. Well, what is he anointed to do? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He came to untangle the mess of our lives. And he said, I've come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Listen to me. Every year before we go into a year, the Lord has always given me one word. I've struggled this year trying to get that word. Because, you know, we're going into 2020 and everybody's like, 2020 vision, 2020 focus, 2020 clarity. I'm like, there's got to be more to 2020 than that. And last night when I was praying, finishing preparation for today, the Holy Spirit deposited a word in my spirit about 2020. And I began to search the scripture and surely enough, the number 20 in scripture Goes right along with. And listen, we ain't talking about just 20. We're talking about a double portion of 20. 20, 20. And you know what it refers to? The favor of God. Would it be all right in 2020 if it's a year of God's favor? Not just a year of God's favor in your life, but a double portion of God's favor. So we're going to start, we're going to start the first of the year talking about the favor of God in your life. And he said, I've come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, that it's a year of favor. So go serve, go share and go shine because you are the light of the world. Do you hear me? God has chosen to reveal himself through you. God has chosen to manifest himself to the world through you, through me. That's what it means to be light. It's to manifest the glory of God. Everywhere you go, that when somebody don't know Jesus, you tell them about Jesus. When somebody needs healing in their body, you pray for them to be healed. But I'm not an ordained minister. So what? You don't have to be an ordained minister. You're anointed by God. Be light. Somebody's hungry, get them a, a meal to eat. When somebody's thirsty, get them something to drink. If somebody needs clothes on their back, we put clothes on their back. That's how we manifest the love and the presence of God to this world. That's how we shine for His glory. 
So he said, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill. It can't be hidden. So let your light shine. Not just at Christmas, but every single day of the year. Now, now I got to show you this right here. I didn't even know this. When I put this together, I didn't even know this until I went back and looked at it. And yes, I do know how to spell. So this is just a little play on words. But when we connect people to the source of life and equip people to succeed in life and empower people to share their life, let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to see. They're going to see. The blind are going to see. The darkness is going to be eliminated. And the glory of God will be revealed. Would you stand with me all over this sanctuary? Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all for helping me this morning. It was so important to have you up here with me because we can't do this alone, folks. We're working together. We're working together. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we accept the call, the challenge to be light today and every day of our lives to shine so that your glory may be revealed. Help us to remember, Lord Jesus, that you didn't come as the great physician. You did not come to those who were well. You came for those who were sick. You came for those who were living in darkness. And Lord, as light, we're not here just to be in the presence of light all the time. Light needs to penetrate, enter into the dark places of this world to bring hope, to bring joy, to bring peace, to bring relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Father, we accept that challenge today to see those blinded by sin find life, freedom, and purpose by connecting them first to the source of life, equipping them to succeed, helping them to get the tangled mess of their lives straightened out, and then release them, empower them to share that great life that you've given them so that they can make an impact for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a good praise. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God. Being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself so why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.